Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Not a stop, watch shit don't never stop. This a flow that got the block hot, shit got super hot. Ay. Give me my respect, give me my respect. I just took it left like on ambidex. Bitch, I moved through London with the Euro steps. Got a sneaker deal and I ain't break a sweat. Catch me cause I'm gone, out of them, I'm gone. How I go from 6 to 23 like I'm LeBron. Serving up a pack, serving up a pack. Niggas pullin' gimmicks cause they scared to rap, ayy Funny how they shook, ayy Got these niggas shook Pullin' back the curtain by myself, take a look, ayy I'm a bar spitter, I'm a hard hitter Yeah, I'm light-skinned, but I'm still a dark nigga I'm a wig splitter, I'm a tall figure I'm an unforgiving wild-ass dog nigga Something wrong with him, got him all bitter I'm a bill printer, I'm a grave digger yeah, I am what I am. I don't have no time for no misunderstandings again. It's a rolling, not a stop. Why shit don't never stop? Mute out. There we go. Oh, my goodness. We, we wild now today. I think it's Hurricane. I think it's Hurricane Michael messing around with this server right now. They tripping, man. What's going on, fella? What's going on, CC nigga? What's going on with y'all? How y'all doing today? We doing good. Oh What's man. What's your name? What's your name? Big T. It's I all thought good. Having a hurricane party or something. <laughs> <laughs> that's hey. the song. I can tell that's the song. You ain't want to cut it off. No, I ain't want to cut it off. I was over there jamming. Oh, I was doing breeze and broke the record. Breathe, I'm wilding out, though. I'm wilding out, man. He's drinking that Kool-Aid now, later. That's all I, that is. I, I, I ain't drinking it. I, I took a sip. I'm not fully drinking it yet. I took a sip. Man, I made it, made it real been, sweet. He been, he, been, he been drinking it, but, you know, you get on Drew Breeze when you mess up, though. Oh, I do get on Drew Breeze. Y'all know I do. Y'all know I do, man, but, um... <laughs> Man, thank you for tuning in to Overtime Sports Talk, man, right here on WTXD Talk Radio. I'm your boy, Big T, along with Sports Director Nader and the lovely C.C. Hoffer getting it in with us tonight. Oh, man, what's, your, what's up, y'all? How, what, what, <laughs> the Saints beat up on the Washington Redskins on Monday Night Football. C.C., what's your thoughts on that? What, how did you feel about that game? All right, truthfully, I ain't watched the game for the second half, y'all. My shows was on. I was like, I know they're going to win, so it's nothing. So I was flipping back and forth. 
just to tell the truth. So I did catch a second half and did some highlights, and then I rewatched the game at work. So, <laughs> but that was such a good game. A lot of people were saying it was a big game because everybody wanted to break the record um, for most passing yards. But I still think it was big. I just think the Saints came out, offense, defense, special teams, coaches, water boy, everybody just came out. And he had to hype it up so Drew Brees can break his record. And I knew it was going to erupt in the dome. But it was just, like, such a good game on both sides of the ball. So, hey, hand clap. Yeah. Let's pop the bottles for the Saints. That, that felt like one of the wins that it's just, like, they can't lose no more. But knock on wood, hopefully they don't. Yeah, I mean, it, it was um, it was a, it was a good win um, knowing – you know, going into the game, obviously they had a lot of distractions with him breaking the record and stuff like that. And, um, you know, to, for him not to let that get to him and for them to keep just putting up points, I mean, you could tell, like, obviously they wanted to get the record. But, I mean, you got to think, like, they were, you know, Mark Ingram was back. They was giving Mark Ingram the goal line uh, touches and he got two touchdowns, you know, so they brought him back in a, in a major way and then, you know, him breaking that record, you know, with Traquan Smith catching that 62-yard pass, I mean, it was lit. You know what I'm saying? It was lit. And, you know, the thing is, man, you know, I know sometimes, you know, we get on him because sometimes he has rough games and stuff like that. But, listen, the guy's top five quarterback all time, in my opinion. Um, you got to give him props, man, for everything that he's done. Um, you know, I mean, just coming here after nobody would wanted to take a chance on him, um, just coming here and, you know, the whole story of him, you know, going to Miami and the doctors not passing passing him as far as his physical is concerned. They told Nick Saban, you know, hey, you know, he, you know, he's definitely not going to – he's not passing his physical, so let's not sign him, let's not sign him. And, you know, he ended up, you know, coming to New Orleans. They gave him a chance and, you know, mm-hmm. the rest is history. But, you know, what's crazy is what a lot of people don't forget is that, you know, a lot of things could have changed if he, you know, if he signed with Miami, you know. Like, if he would have signed with Miami, would Saban have went to Alabama? You know, where the hell would the Saints, where the hell would the Saints um, have been um, these last 10 years, you know? where what, what would have happened with the Saints franchise, with the quarterback situation, everything? You know, would we have that Super Bowl ring? Uh, just, just a lot of stuff, man. So, you know, thankful that he broke it. I'm thankful that we have him as a quarterback um, and have had him as a quarterback. So, big ups to him, man. And then just, man, him breaking the record and then cherishing that moment with his family on the sidelines and telling his kids, you know, they can do whatever they want and become whatever they want with hard work and dedication. So, I mean, that was cool. That was a cool moment, you know, especially for the kids that were watching the game and stuff like that. It was a good moment, you know. It was a good moment. And, you know, that's and like we were saying earlier, Big Team, me and you, um, you know, outside of the show, like, this isn't just his last record that he can break. You know, he's still, you know, one touchdown away from being in the 500 touchdown club. Um, you know, I think he's like 40 touchdowns away from breaking that record. Um, mm-hmm. you no, know, he's and then, one like, touchdown away. No, he's one, he's one touchdown away from getting into the 500 club. He's forty oh. touchdowns. He's forty touchdowns away from beating the NFL history of touchdown passes thrown. So, okay. um, so he can, so he can definitely get that. You know what I'm saying? He can definitely get it. Probably not this year, but 
you know, if he comes back next year, obviously he has an a, a awesome chance at, you know, getting that. But, um, you know, he he's done a lot. He deserves it. He's a good dude. He doesn't just do a lot on the football field. You know, he does it in the community. He helps out, you know. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, think they know what he does. But, I mean, he definitely invests his money into the city. Um, I mean, for an example, when I was an intern at Fox 8 News, um, he did where he went to this high school. Um, I'm not high school. He went to this elementary school, and um, he basically uh, paid to, you know, get a turf set up, like a turf field set up for them. Um, he gave them equipment. He basically set up like this um, garden where the kids um, – instead of them having to eat lunch and not have fresh, like, produce, basically what he did was they, they built this huge garden in the school, and um, the food that the children eat, like the produce and stuff, comes from that garden, which was, like, awesome. Like, it was, like, <laughs> some crazy stuff. Like, it was something that I never experienced. Like, I don't know if you, y'all seen the picture I posted with me and him when he broke the record when I looked like super young and he looked like super young. <laughs> that was at, that was that was actually at that um, event where he did for the elementary school, which is freaking crazy. So, um, yeah. So I mean, like I said, he's done a lot for the community. He's done a lot, man. And you know, a lot of people um, want to build a statue. And I was actually thinking about this um, when he broke the record. You know, how cool would it be for them to build a statue and put it where um, Lee Circle used to be? Where, be the, where the um, That would be tight, right? Drew, I, I Lee think Circle? Be, that would be pretty cool. Be, I think it would be kind of cool. I don't know how people would really, you know, everybody. Uh, you guys, not gonna, we got to think New Orleans people. So much to it. Yeah, I mean, you got to not going to be feeling it too much. White, white, or, white or black aren't going to be mad about it. It isn't about racism. I mean, it's, it's our quarterback. The dude did a lot for this, this city. And right, exactly. So I think putting his trophy, like, at least circle, that would be that would be amazing. He'll be fine. But he was a lot of players before Drew Brees that did a lot for the city, too, but you just didn't really hear about it. Because I know when I was in school, a lot of the Hornets players used to come to our school and just do different things, you know, with the school and donate money to different schools and stuff. So even though he does that for his charity work, it's a lot of people that, that do the same thing that he do. They just don't get the same recognition. Well, the reason why is because they those people for the Hornets didn't bring a championship to this city. You know what I'm saying? So that's I think that one thing no, that hurts Anthony Davis, and, and talking about that, that hurts Anthony Davis because he does a lot, but they speak on it a lot exactly. because they haven't won a lot. And that's that's the bad yeah. thing about the Hornets organization. I mean, it's kind of it's kind of it's kind of big T. It's it's the, it's kind of like this. Why hasn't Drew Brees won an MVP award? You know what I'm right. saying? And exactly. all of his times in, his, in the NFL, why hasn't why hasn't he won an uh, MVP award? Why? Because you know most of his teams that he's played on with the Saints, the defenses have been bad. You know they don't make it to the playoffs. We had seven and nine seasons, what three straight seasons in a row, and mm-hmm. you know it's like there's that's the reason, and it's kind of like Anthony Davis. You know, Anthony Davis is one of the best players in the NBA. And in his opinion, he's not like the best player in the 
But, you know, that might be true. You know, it might be true. And we might think the same as Anthony Davis, but if his team isn't winning, if his team isn't going to the playoffs consistently, if they aren't winning championships, then, you know, that's not going to happen. And it's simply just like OKC. Like, OKC, yeah, Russell Westbrook got it. But look what, what Russell Westbrook had to do to get it. How many triple doubles Russell Westbrook had to have to win the MVP award? Even though his team didn't really do anything, but you couldn't take you couldn't take it away from the man that he had so many triple doubles in this NBA. Right. You know? So it, it all goes back to that. It's all about success. Obviously, had success in the same uniform. You know, they made it to the playoffs multiple times. You know. Um, you know, the only thing really he hasn't won an MVP award, which, to be honest, if he continues this, what he's doing right now, I think he definitely is on pace for it. I mean, it's going to come down to him and Mahomes as far as QB, yeah. you know. Yeah, I, mean, so, I mean, that's an award that I feel like he should win. And being that he broke the passing record, if he continues this, I think he should win it, you know. But the second part about winning the MVP award is if the MVP the MVP award winner goes to the Super Bowl, they, they tend to lose the Super Bowl, you know? So, <laughs> I don't know. Tom Brady Tom Brady has won it and lost in the, in the Super Bowl. Matt Ryan has won it and lost in the Super Bowl. So, I don't know. I don't know if we, if he should, if we should even try to win, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> now, look, let's, Super Bowl let's, let's, talk about, let's talk about some of these role players in this game on Monday night, man. And I, I want to give a big MVP. I want to give a, a most valuable player award in this game, other than Drew Brees, to Mr. Taquan Smith. He played an yep. awesome, awesome game, man. I mean, he played a great game. Had uh, three catches for 111 yards, two touchdowns. Great, big, big touchdown with the for the uh, the Drew Brees record breaker of uh, 70, 79 yards or something like that, or 69 yards, something like that. So. Big shout-out to him, man. He played his behind off. And also, I got to finally come out and say it. I'm going to do it. Um, big shout-out to our first-round draft pick. Um, Marcus Davenport. Marcus Davenport. Davenport. He came out and played yeah. another great he, he He did his job. He did a great job in the game. Oh, for sure. With a lot of issues. So, yeah, definitely. And also, big shout-out to our man Cam, Cam Jordan, did his thing again. He's coming up. Yep. He's definitely getting the season going. So a uh, big shout out to him. So uh, shout out to those guys, man. That's that's a few people. Uh, I want to say shout out to. And also too, Big T, we got to give a big shout out to Justin Hardy for coming. Yes. You know, as soon as Marshawn Lattimore left the game with the concussion, he came right in and he started balling. I mean, he was balling. He got an interception. And, I mean, he changed the momentum of the game at that point, which was awesome. So, big yes. shout-out to him, you know. Big shout-out to big him shout for, to you him. know, being put in that situation. And, you know, the thing about it, he actually tweeted and said, you know, last year I didn't even know how to backpedal. And now, oh. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm catching interceptions. And he's like, if that if that don't tell you there's a guy, then I don't know what, you know. I, so, I would have never told nobody time. I didn't know how to backpedal. I'm sorry. I wouldn't have oh, told nobody. That's what he tweeted. <laughs> You know, at the end of the day, it's just tight. It's just tight to see that, you know, he came in and, you know, when Marshawn Lattimore went down, I was, like, thinking in my head, oh, Lord, here we go. This is going to be a shootout game. But, 
Yep, but they ended up uh, controlling the clock, and that was one thing, you know, that I said last week. I think, I think, um, I think you said it, Big T, that you know when Ingram comes back, they're gonna be able to control the clock more, and the defense is gonna have more time to rest because they're they're controlling the clock and not giving the, the you know the opposing offense the ball right away like they were. So, uh, right. so big shout out to them. Big shout out for putting Mark Ingram in there and giving him the carries, knowing that he was fresh. He looks pretty solid. Um, Alvin Kamara, obviously he took a step back because, you know, it, it was kind of like Ingram's return game. So um, we'll see how they split the carries with them. Hopefully they split the carries evenly like they did last year. And um, like you said, Big T, Traquan Smith had a huge game being, you know, Ted Ginn was out um, with a groin injury. So big shout out to big shout out to him for the two touchdown catches. And man, the offensive line, the offensive line really put it down, man. They really controlled the trenches, and they really did their thing, man. So big shout out to them. And and Mike Thomas, Mike Thomas is a savage. Mike Thomas against Josh Norman. You know, Mike oh, Thomas only had four catches for seventy four yards, but Josh Norman was talking buku smack to him. You know, saying that. Um, you know, trying to get in his head. And what was really funny is Mike Thomas got in his head and did the reverse psychology on him. And then after the game, he was talking smack about Mike Thomas, saying he's uh, he was hitting hitting them after plays, trying to uh-huh. talk smack, and that Mike Thomas was a clown, and this, 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 that. And then after the game, once Mike Thomas hit Twitter and seen all the videos and stuff from the interview, he started um, getting in a Twitter war with Josh Norman, and then Josh Norman deleted all his tweets. It, man, it was so funny. It was like, yeah. man, Mike Thomas put Josh Norman in his place. What did you say, CC? Very petty. No, I was saying uh, screenshots. He couldn't really delete it because everybody was going to screenshot that to use it against him. And that is what they did. I love petty Twitter. That's like my go my good pleasure is petty <laughs> Twitter. And the same the fans and players are very petty because Cam Jordan had his petty moments also on their um, always, Monday. He always had his petty moments all I the time. Like, this that game was really, I noticed in the last five or the last four games at the same play, you could see the progression of the game in every game because that first game against Tampa Bay, you know, everybody was upset. They lost, but they came back with the Browns. Everybody was still upset, even though it was a win, but it wasn't a big win like they thought it would be. Then they came in in Atlanta and then whooped Atlanta. You could see the progression in every game from the offense and the defense because the Saints was giving us everything that we asked for every game. Well, they started to do it every game. Like, y'all were asking for a defense to step up, and we noticed in that Atlanta game, defense stepped up when needed in New York when needed, and also defense stepped up majorly when one of their key players like Lattimore went down. And like you said, uh, Hardy came in. He got his interception. He – what can I say about – that interception was something. I don't know how Alex Smith didn't see that, but that was something that just – was beautiful. That felt like the interception with Tracy Porter in the Super Bowl. That's what that interception felt like. When that it was just beautiful. It was that part I did see of that game. Offense stepped up big time for Drew Brees. They protected Drew Brees. They made sure, like you said, they kept the ball for thirty. With the Saints had the ball for thirty-three minutes for the entire game. 
and that's something that we had 33 minutes and 17 seconds for time of possession for the Saints, and that's something that was really big. And Big T did say last week Mark Ingram was going to come in. He was going to kind of slow it down, and that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people were mad about Kamara not playing, not getting as many touches as he should have, but I felt like he did what any true player would do. When your key player comes back, he, he took a step back. He did, It wasn't like he set himself out or he didn't play step back. And they rested him because I mean, he played. He needed a rest. Big in the first four. He played. He did. He played big in the first four games, and that game he came in and he was just like, "Do your thing, uh, do so." Yep. That was really. But big you know, him. and a lot of people. But you know, CC. Mhm. But you know, CC. The thing about it. Uh, the thing about it, like you said, obviously he needed his rest. You know what I'm saying? But the thing, the big picture, what people are are not really pointing the finger to is that Ingram being out those four games really showed the Saints that they need to re-sign him at the end of this year. Oh, yes. Okay? Oh, yes. Because the thing about it is, number one, you know, he's a beast. I mean, with that O-line, I mean, he's definitely going to do his thing and, and they're going to always fall out. He's, he's gotten more consistent with the screen game, more so like Pierre Thomas. So he's gotten, he's gotten um, better at the screen game. So that's good. You know, second of all, the team camaraderie with him. I mean, just him being back, I mean, you got to think, like, you know, the team was hyped up. He's bringing that hypeness. You know what I'm saying? He's hyping everybody up. And, you know, him and Alvin Kamara have that one-two punch. They're not like Kamara isn't, like, jealous of him. He's not jealous of Kamara. Like, that's, that's solid. Like, you need that on your team, you know. Most times, you know, you got running backs where, oh, man, that, that dude got – he got – 20 carries and I got 10 carries. This shit ain't fair. You know what I'm saying? Them, them two bounce off each other and they're like, man, listen, we're bros. We play. If he gets 20 carries and I get 10 carries, I'm cool with it. It is what it is. You know, as long as we win, we're good. That's the type of mentality you want to have, um, especially for two running backs. Yeah, it's brotherhood, you know? But that's one thing I've always said about the one thing I've always said about a New Orleans Saints team under Sean Payton. Everybody has been unselfish. You know, you want Marcus Colston, you had um, when Colston was playing, you had um, other wide receivers, you had um, Lance Moore, you Lance had Moore, uh, Devery Henderson. Devery, none of yeah. those guys like, I want the ball. You know, they, Robert they, Mitchell. Except they rule, exactly. Except their role and, and went with it. And nobody complained. Nobody said, well, man, like, if you don't give me the ball, I won't be traded. Nobody did that. Nobody, yeah. and that's well, one that's thing the leadership of Drew Brees right there because Drew Brees always had his weapons, and it wasn't like he wasn't going to take from one player to get to another because that was his favorite player to throw to, and he knew they was going to catch it. No, he spread the wealth out for everybody, and he just made everybody a better player. And you mm-hmm. notice that yep. with players, when they went to other teams, that's like Jimmy Graham. Like, when he went to Seattle, he only was playing – and you barely heard his name, and now this season you don't hear anything about Jimmy Graham. And think he's had one touchdown all season. Yeah, one see, and you're not hearing anything. But when he was with the Saints, Drew Brees had his yeah, name had, in every reporter's mouth. Drew Brees, what what he had? He had like 16 touchdowns one year. Yeah, one season, one year he did. He had and, a lot of touchdowns. He was, I don't, and that's what I'm saying. He had a lot of touchdowns, and nobody complained about it. They were winning. Or they won the game or whatever, and everybody was happy. But again, you don't hear nothing from Jimmy Graham since he left the Saints at all. 
So a couple yeah. says you don't hear anything from, and that's just the leadership of Drew Brees, and that rubs off on everybody because it's like that on defense also. You don't see Cam Jordan taking sacks or you know anything away from any other player. He wants to make everybody, you know, that key player, that player that somebody has talked about, and I think that's why um, Davenport is coming into his own now because they're like that one-two punch that it used to be with um, Winston Jr. and Kim Jordan. Like, they were that one-two punch at a point in time. So, I think that's what the Saints was looking for in a defense when the defense was kind of shaky them a couple of years and then it started to go and go and get better. So, mm-hmm. and Davenport give him, so what? Let me see. What, what, I, I don't know. It's going to be one of them big games and he's just going to have, like, a, I don't think he, he just he they're bring they're bringing him they're before. bringing him slowly they're bringing him in slowly but surely but I mean dude's performing they they gave him the most snaps that he's played um so far mm-hmm. uh this on Monday night he played the most snaps that he's played um so he's definitely you know getting getting into the game and getting you know the speed of the game and stuff like that and kind of knowing the techniques and things like that I mean even with Brian Baldinger. You know, he does the videos and stuff every week of breaking down techniques and O-lines and D-lines and teams. And, I mean, he even said on, on his breakdown of the footage of the game, he's like, man, the Saints finally found their, their pass rusher opposite Cam Jordan because, I mean, this dude is a beast. I mean, if you saw the picture of him he hitting is. Alex Smith, I mean, Alex Smith was on the ground, I mean, like, super <laughs> hurt. He was, he was like like a baby. Yeah, he was cradled, you know. So, I mean, the dude's a beast, and, you know, Sheldon Rankins had a solid game. So, I mean, when you have Sheldon Rankins, Cam, and, and Davenport really going off, I mean, it's hard to slow them down. The pressure is going to be there, which obviously, you know, yeah. that helps the linebackers get through the gaps, and then obviously that helps the secondary because they're not covering as long as they, they usually are. So, um, and that's definitely helping them out. But, oh. yeah, man, I was definitely impressed with the defense. Um, you know, AJ Klein stepped up in the game outside of giving Marshawn Lattimore a concussion. Um, he he stepped up in the game. He had a um, he had what a um, a batted ball picked up and he ran it. Um, so he had a turnover in the game, which was good. Um, and like I said, Justin Hardy did his thing. The D line definitely created pressure. Andiamata did his thing. Um, so you know, and then Craig Robinson came in and I mean he hit uh, Chris Thompson. They were trying to get the ball to Chris Thompson um, by the end zone, and he smashed him. I mean, mm. he smashed him. He had to go out of the game because his ribs was hurting um, from that hit that Curtis um, that uh, that Curtis hit him with. And I was like, man. So Curtis Robinson definitely did his thing. Um, I mean, and let's let's also go back to the offense for a second. One thing that's very very underappreciated. Which is crazy is that you got you got Mike Thomas, you got you know you got Cameron Meredith, which he stepped up big um, the last couple of games. You got uh, Trey Con Smith, you got Kamara, now you got Ingram back. But man, you even throw Taysom Hill on top of that with all of those players. That's my God, that's like how can you how can you how can you Everybody stop them? It's like it's super hard. Yeah, it's super hard. Like he's my MVP like, every week. Like he, like you know, he like remind he, he, of, he remind me of when Cardo was transitioning from um, Chris Lee to Tim Tebow, and they used to bring Tim Tebow in on third down to get that big third down. 
that's what the thing. That's how the thing to you keep them here. And like I said, every week I say wherever they put him, he's gonna play his part. When he he's when good. he was, um he's doing part return and he's getting good good field position for the Saints. When he's in on playing quarterback, he he's gonna run the ball. He's gonna get that first down. He's gonna. He's my new. I, I always call the big players or the big um receivers, not the receivers, but the big running backs, Trucker, because when he comes in, he's gonna truck over two or three um defenders before they get him down, and I love that. He's that I person. I told you whatever they asked him to I be. I mean, they they had they had a play. They had the play where he was about to hand it off to Kamara, and if he would have handed it to, to Kamara, Kamara would have took it to the house. He was wide open. But he took it mm-hmm. instead, and he got like three. He, he, I mean, he tried to get those yards. He, he got those two, three yards that he really needed. But when I tell you, like, it's the defense was so faked out because you got Drew Brees playing receiver, and then you got him, and then you got Kamara, and then, you know, like, he takes the snap, and then he's faking it to Kamara. And, like, I'm still telling you, like, if you look at the play, if he would have gave it to Kamara, Kamara would have ran for, like, a 40-yard touchdown. So – it was like, damn, like the defense really is trying to, you know, they're they're preying on him. But, I mean, literally, like, I think he's going to come out. He's going to come out and be like, you know what, look at this play. Like, if you would have gave it to Kamara, we would have had a touchdown. So, he's on the lookout for that play again, you know what I'm saying? So, um, but, man, just to miss, just I think to this miss is when, that he has, it's crazy. Is, I think this is when the Saints are at their, their strongest point when they have all these weapons that no one can stop. Because look at the year when the Saints won the Super Bowl. Drew Brees had all these receivers and running backs. Like, nobody knew where he was going. And then defense was getting the stops that's needed. I feel like that's kind of what this season is starting to feel like. Is Everything is starting to gel together because everybody is working together. This is what you call a team. It's not just about one person. Like, Monday's game wasn't just about Drew Brees breaking the record. It was about this team getting this win and going on this bye week and preparing for the next team that they know has a really strong defense. So you look at it as, like, it's, I don't want to say there's no stopping the thing, but it's going to be hard to stop them with them gelling like this and really becoming that dominant force that it's about to be, oh, my God, we're playing the Saints this week. We have to really prepare versus the first Two weeks of the season, everybody was just like, "Oh, it's the Saints. Let's go. We we ready." And you know, and you know what's what's crazy, and you know what's crazy, CC. What's crazy is that they got their next game after the bye is Baltimore. Baltimore really has tried to. Baltimore is really trying to replicate what the Saints are doing with Taysom Hill, with Lamar Jackson, and you know it's not it hasn't worked to their advantage. You know they're not putting Lamar Jackson in the right spots, but I mean when you got an offensive you know genius like Sean Payton. You know, and he's putting, you know, Taysom Hill, Mark Ingram, Kamara. You got Mike Thomas. You still got Ginn. You still got Trey Smith. You still got Cameron Meredith. Like, this tough to stop them. I mean, I mean, in my mind, like, in my mind when I see that, I envision that type of play. Like, let's say they do go to the Super Bowl. Like, how the hell are you going to stop that? In your, like, a defense. Like, how the hell are you going to stop that? You know? Like, you got Kamara yeah, it's gonna be real out tough. there. Like, it's going to be tough. It's going to be super tough. So, you know, and then also, too, you know, I, I, we kind of want to talk about the upcoming schedule, but, you know, like they have the Ravens coming up after the bye. They got, a, you know, a, a, a 
some time to rest up. Marshawn Lattimore is going to be able to rest up and get back on the field and stuff like that for that game. But, I mean, you know, there's certain players that went out, but, you know, they're going to come back fresh. They don't really have as many, knock on wood, they don't have as many um, players injured as they had last year around this time, which is good. Um, but, I mean, you got Baltimore Ravens. You know, we talked about Drew Brees mm-hmm. breaking more records. But, like I said, if, if Drew Brees, Drew Brees has beaten every NFL team in his career except for the Baltimore Ravens. And if Drew Brees beats the Ravens, he's going to that's going to he's going to be the quarterback that beat every team. Yep, that beat every team in the NFL in his career. Um, you know, he needs one shot. He's one touchdown shot from the 500 touchdown club. Um, so that's probably going to take place against Baltimore. And I mean you have Baltimore. Baltimore has, this, has a, I think, the number one defense in the NFL. And mm-hmm. you got the Saints going into Baltimore. It's probably not going to be as cold as you know as it would be next month, but um, you know it's going to be probably yeah, in the it's 50s. not cold. Yeah, fifty, it's not sixty. Cold. It's more you know, windy. It's going to be good weather. It, yeah. But even if it's more windy, you got that running game to take mm-hmm. over. You know, to take over and control the clock. So um, mm-hmm. so that's a good thing on their side. The defense is coming along. You got, you know, you, you had Justin Hardy come in do his thing. Now the thing you know, like, all right, maybe if Crawley isn't playing good or maybe if whoever isn't playing good, let's put him in, see what he can do. Um, there were some rumors today saying that um, the trade deadline is coming up and the Saints um, might end up trading a second-round pick, and Ted Ginn Jr. to Arizona to get Patrick Peterson. I don't know how true that is, uh, but mm. they can somehow pull that trade off and have Patrick Peterson and Marshawn Lattimore um, as their two starting quarterbacks. That is going to be tough for mm. any opposing offense to throw the ball down the field. Because, I mean, if you look at it, if they're in that Minnesota game like they were last year, we had Patrick Peterson and Lattimore – you got Lattimore on whoever digs, and you got um, Patrick Peterson on Thielen. I mean, that's going to be tough. That's tough. And the D-line playing how they're playing, that's going to be tough. Like, I think that, you know, you got to put them up there with the Rams in the NFC, which they are right now, in my opinion. Um, but, man, if they can somehow pull that trade off, that would be the ultimate because the Cardinals do need more wide receiver presence. Um and I mean, I was saying, I was, I tweeted, and I was like, man, y'all could throw Trey Hendrickson in with that deal, with the second round pick, give them three players for one, and let's just get them, you know. But mm-hmm. I don't yeah, know, in, what happens. in the fantasy world of football, if this was fantasy football, and everybody, y'all was somebody would have made that trade happen. But in real life, I don't know. Dylan, yeah, yeah, this never know. But uh, Michigan, I mean, the Cardinals office, they know what they need, so they know what they would uh, have to do. I think the only thing about would... the Saints that who they need to use at the moment would be um, Teddy. Everybody thought that you know they were going to take Drew Brees out and they were going to put Bridgewater in, and he was going to get a couple snaps and kind of you know get the rust off. So I was excited to see that, but to see him just take a knee and then to end the game, I thought. They were going to use Well, they didn't want them. They didn't Maybe. want him. They only had two minutes left on the clock. They didn't want him to get yeah. hurt or anything like that, you know, especially with the injury history that he's had. They didn't want him to get hurt. 
But, you know, just to see him come back on the field wearing those Jordan 11 Concords was pretty cool. So, um, you know, big ups to him. But, um, and you know, it was crazy since you talk about fantasy. <laughs> Going into the Monday night game, I was down 42 points. And so I have Ingram, Mike Thomas, and uh, Chris Thompson, the running back for the Redskins, left. So I, I'm like, all right, cool. The, the guy I'm playing don't have anybody left. I got three players left. I have a good chance at getting it. You know, 42 points is hard to, to overcome. Well, um, before the, it was, what, the three-minute three minute mark, um, the Saints needed one first down to ice the clock. They ended up giving Mark Ingram a t- – I needed six yards from Mark Ingram to get one more point because the game was tied with me and the guy. And uh, they gave Ingram a toss play, and he got seven yards on the play. I got the extra point, right? So I was winning by one point. Tell me why right after that they stayed, uh, they took Breeze out and they brought Ted, Teddy Bridgewater and they started dealing, and that was the game. I won my fantasy <laughs> game by one point. Wow. Yep. So y'all, it was crazy. One fifty-one. A lot of people had Camaro on their fantasy football team, and a lot of them lost because he didn't get as many touches as they needed. Yeah, he only had six points. He only had six points. Yeah, Ingram had like 20 points, 21 points. So, um, but, hey, it's fantasy football. Obviously, they wanted to give Camaro a break, like we said. And that's what you're going to get. That's what you're going to get out of them. You're going to get the, the, you know, the split carries. Kamara isn't going to be going from 40 points again anymore. You know, he'll probably get average them 15 to 20 points, which is good from a running back. But, you know, hey, it is fantasy football. The Saints do have multiple outs of feet. You always got to take that into account, you know. But at the same time, you know, they're going to spread the ball. They're going to keep defenses on their toes. So, you know, if you do got Kamara, don't panic. They're going to be good. He's going to be straight. Um, and especially he's pretty. He's more pass-catching pass um, running back than Ingram, so he'll definitely get some fantasy points for them and stuff. So don't trip about that. But, um, but but yeah, Big T, like we said, I know, I know you probably won't go to a commercial break. But oh, no, no, no. You're yeah, good. We good. Man, yeah, we good. Yeah, we good. All right, that's cool. So, but you know, like the schedule, the schedule's coming up, man. You know, the buy couldn't have came at the at the best time. At the, it's pretty much, it's come at the best time. You know, we got a schedule coming up where we got to go to Baltimore, um, in the evening game at three thirty, um, at Baltimore. So that's going to be a huge game going against the number one defense again. You know, the five hundred touchdown uh, record is up there, and then Breeze beating every NFL team if he beats the Ravens, that's up there. Um, you know, and then then you got Minnesota Sunday Night Football. Obviously, we know what happened last year and how our season ended. That you know, that's is gonna the be game, game that the world is gonna watch. They're gonna yep. see because with Minnesota beating the Eagles uh, last weekend, everybody's gonna want to know. Well, will the Saints, you know, come back and come back for revenge? So that's mm-hmm. gonna be a game that everybody is gonna be watching. Then it's a Sunday Night game. I the Saints love to play in prime time. This is this is their stage, so I think that they are gonna beat. I think they're gonna beat everybody. I don't. I don't know. It's it, it just I don't know. I think, that it's gonna I be think hard gonna for be a lot good. of teams gonna, to mm-hmm. beat them. I and and you're right. And the thing is, they have a lot of stuff clicking. The defense has fixed and, and adjusted to the the stuff that they had wrong in the beginning of the season, which is good. But they've made corrections to that. Um, but like you. 
and it's going to be hard to beat them, being that that offense is so dynamic, and then that defense mm-hmm. is coming along at the right time. And then you got Davenport balling like he's balling. I mean, you're going to be you're going to have a solid team. But the Minnesota game, obviously, you want to see how Marcus Williams is going to play in that game. You know, I mean, if he goes out and has two interceptions, I mean, obviously that we're on the good side of winning if that happens. But mm-hmm. you want to see how he bounces back, being on that field, seeing that logo, you know, hearing that horn blow, um, you know, and seeing digs and, and, you know, it's it's all a mind thing. So you want to see how he um, bounces back against them. Um, but you also have to remember that, you know, it was a different uh, quarterback last year. You know, last year was Case Keenum. This year they got Kirk Cousins. Um, so it's going to be kind of different, but obviously we want to beat that ass because of what happened last year. Um, right. But it's going to be a good and game. Kirk um, Cousins going to be in his feelings from last year letting the Saints, when the Saints uh, beat the uh, Redskins, so he's going to be in his feelings trying to redeem himself from that yeah. last year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So what's going to be in his feelings for everybody. But I mean, then you got the Bengals um, in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. I mean, they put up a. They've been putting up. They're four and one. Great season. They're four and one. They've been playing mm-hmm. good. They've been playing really good, just like the Saints. You got the Rams, which they're five and zero. Oh. I think the Rams. That's gonna be the toughest. The Rams is gonna be the toughest game, but the Rams can be beaten. The Rams almost lost to Seattle last week without. If they didn't go for it on that fourth and one or fourth and two, they would have lost that game. So. Seattle's offense, uh, Seattle's offense has nothing on the Saints' offense. So, uh, and then the game's at the Superdome. So I think, you know, it's going to be a shootout. But um, that's going to be the game to watch and to really see where the Saints are at. You also have to remember this: the Saints played the Rams last year in Los Angeles and almost came out with a win. I think they lost by six points or seven points. So they almost came out with that win. Um, but it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to see Brandon Cooks, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Gurley, um, and Jared Goff against the Saints defense, and then seeing the Saints offense against Marcus Peters. I don't think Akeem Talib's gonna play in that game. He's still hurt. Um, he's out for half the season, so um, he's probably gonna miss the Saints game, um, which is good for us. But I mean, you still got Marcus Peters, you got Indomitian Sue, you got um, Aaron Donald. Um, you know, you got all of these guys, so Rockers and all of these guys. So it's definitely going to be a, a good matchup to see where the Saints can go head-to-head with them um, because, you know, right now they're they flying high and they're feeling themselves. So if the Saints beat them, that'll kind of, you know, bring them down a little bit. But other than that, man, you got the Eagles game coming up. That, I think, is going to be um, – it's going to be a good game. I think the Saints can win that game, to me, after seeing how Definitely the Eagles played against game. the Vikings. The Eagles, are, they are, they're not showing themselves as the champions. They, they, aren't, well, they, have they a lot of injuries. aren't the same team from last injuries. year. I feel yeah. like injuries are just another excuse. I, I think people use their injuries as a excuse because this is a professional game to me. Everybody is a professional player. So when one player goes down, another player comes in. So injuries are just an excuse. You have to find the key person, well, the key person was the starter, but the backup has to come in and step up. So if you can't step up, well, then what are you in a pros for? Yeah, and it's, and, it's, and and you're right. And to, to and a good example of that is last year with the Saints. 
You know, the Saints had 21 people on IR last year, and they still went to the playoffs and almost made it to the NFC exactly. Championship game. Mm-hmm. So, yep. you know, and another you, key example, you got to always came hold in that. And stepped up for Lattimore. That was that was mm-hmm. a step. He came in and he stepped up and he played his part. You know, everybody everybody tried to use. That's my that's my biggest pet peeve in sports because a lot of people try to use the injury as an excuse of why mm-hmm. the team lost. That's never an excuse of an injury. Speaking from somebody that played that uh, cheered on a, a broken ankle, you know, so it, it's, it's an excuse. So you can't use that excuse for everything. I'm Uh-oh. just saying, yeah. not, not I mean, meaning to brag, you know. No, everybody can't say they know you. We know you. We know you're a strong woman, girl. We know you're strong. strong. We ain't even got to throw it at us like that. You know. I know. So she said, so you know what she's saying, huh, Big T? You know what she's saying? I know what she's saying. I I cheered on a broken ankle. So you know what she's trying to say? She's trying to say that Patrick Robinson the hope because he out for the season with a broken ankle. Minnesota was one, two, and one going into the game with one tie. 
Yeah, right. so I mean they're they're two and two. The Saints are four and one. So obviously the Saints have you know a better record and they're ahead of them in the conference. But um, the game that's really gonna matter, like we said, I mean all of them are gonna matter. But for NFC purposes and standings and one number one seeds and stuff like that, it's gonna be that Rams game. At some point, that Rams game is gonna look back at it and say, man, you know we got that win that helped us get the first seed or. Oh damn, we lost to them. That's why we got the second seed. You know what I'm saying? So that's gonna come down. That's gonna be an important game, and it's gonna be a tough game for them. You know, their running, their rushing defense um, has been very, very good, which is which is pretty like crazy because usually they give up a lot of yards to opposing running backs, but this year they've been doing pretty good. I mean, they've been giving up like. Average of 30 yards, 40 yards a game to opposing running backs, that's super solid. So to see them go against Gurley and that O-line, that's going to be that's gonna be huge for them to see how they get him sacked in the backfield and not get him going. But also, mm-hmm. too, to see the Saints go against Brandon Cooks, which probably Lattimore is going to be on, um, Cooper Cup, which probably Crawley is going to be on, or Robert Woods, Crawley, or P.J. Williams is going to be on. So... That's going to be a huge matchup for the Saints. And just seeing how that O-line, our O-line, matches up against Aaron Donald and Sue, that's going to be huge because, like I said, last year they played them. So they know, all right, Donald likes to do this. He knows he likes to do this move or this spin move or this technique. So they know that now um, going into that game. And then now you have to add that with uh, Sue. That's going to be tough. So that's why I said that O-line is really going to – you know, show that they're one of the top O-lines in the NFL against that Rams D-line. So that game I'm really excited to look for. But going, you know, before that game, obviously we have Baltimore. Obviously we have Cincinnati. Obviously we have Minnesota. And seeing how they go against a Thielen and Diggs again is going to be, you know, prepare them for that Rams game against Cup and Robert Woods and Cooks. So I'm telling you, man, these next four or five games is going to be – Gonna be tough. Gonna be tough. I mean, if they can go four and one again for the second half of the season, um, you know, and then that that later part of the season, you know, obviously we got Carolina twice. We got Atlanta on Thanksgiving night, which I think they're gonna beat the hell out of Atlanta. Um, Atlanta's missing too many defensive players. Um, you know, obviously they can go toe to toe with us as far as offense, but. Um, I think that, um, you know, they'll beat Atlanta again, end up sweeping them for the season. Um, Carolina, obviously, we played them on a Monday night game in Carolina, and then we played them last game here. Um, that's going to be tough, man. Those two games are going to be tough because, hey, let's be honest, they still remember us, you know, partying in that locker room and with the broom and sweeping their ass <laughs> and stuff like that. So they're going to come out and be mad and pissed off at the Saints. So uh, those two games are going to be crucial. Um, and you still got Tampa Bay and Tampa. I don't know what it is about the the Dallas game. Dallas game is going to be a good one. I'm actually going to that game in Dallas. Um, but, um, you know, at the end of the day, I think if they stop Zeke, I think they have a really good chance of winning. Again, their, their rushing defense has been playing solid. If they continue that, they can definitely shut Zeke down. Um, and I think their rushing defense has gotten better. Um, especially later, especially later on in the year last year, and then you know beginning of this year. Reason being is, hey, let's face it, the Saints are practicing against Kamara 
<laughs> and now Ingram every every practice. So how could you not prepare for opposing, you know, offenses? They have the two solid. Yeah, they got the running backs to practice against. So, um, so that's helping them out in the practice and practice and out and in the game. So, um, so yeah. So I think you know stopping Gurley, they'll be you know they'll be playing against Dalvin Cook probably when they play Minnesota. He's been out. But if they don't get Dalvin Cook, obviously they'll have Latavius Murray to stop, which I think they can. Um, the Eagles, the Eagles running back situation is all up in the air. Uh, Jay Ajayi is out for the season. Um, he tore his ACL. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Darren Sproles has been hurt. They got Wendell Smallwood, who they're trying to plug in right now, but he's having injury problems himself. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, obviously, you still got okay. Christian McCaffrey on up. You still got Christian McCaffrey. Um, I mean, it's going to be tough all around because they play in the NFC South. But, hey, at the end of the day, and also, too, let's not forget, Le'Veon Bell is going to be back for that game, the second-to-last game against the Saints in the Dome. They got to play Antonio Brown. I mean, it's going to be tough. That schedule is tough. But at the same time, I think, you know, the Saints always bring their A game against tough teams. So I don't think they're going to struggle as much as people think they're going to struggle. Um, you know, but, hey, you know, Tampa Bay was a slap in their face, which was a good slap in their face because they woke up after that loss. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you know, you still got Tampa Bay on the schedule in Tampa. And that's going to be a tough game. I went to that game last year in Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay plays the Saints hard regardless. So, they do. They, do. Hey, they, know. they know Tampa Bay beat them week one. That's good for them. Now they got a revenge game. Now they have material to put on the blue on the board and say, "Hey, this is the first team that beat our ass. Like they beat us. They put forty some points on us. Let's go out there and whip their ass on their field, you know." And they beat us last year in Tampa Bay on the last slate with Chris Godwin. So let's go out there and beat their ass. So you got you got bulletin material, um, you know. And I feel like they're gonna come out. They're gonna play good against these teams. The good thing is for the Saints is the Rams games at home, the Steelers games at home, the Eagles games at home. You know, the Atlanta games is at home. home games the Carolina they're at home crowd. Yeah. And you know, the Atlanta um, games, like they have a the home it, crowd that's going to pump them up. Yep. And if you think about it, if the Saints can finish out the season winning all of their home games, right? If they can win all of their home games, then they'll be a 12 win team. Mhm. So if they can be a twelve a twelve win team going into the playoffs, you're looking at twelve and four. Twelve and four, that's going to get you probably first or second seed in the, in the NFC. Especially how the NFC's been playing lately. You know, outside mm-hmm. of the Rams, it's up for grabs. So that's what I'm saying. Like, if you win your home games, you just win your home games, and then you're good. You'll be a twelve and four team. You know, and you're done. And you're going into the playoffs, you'll probably have a first-round bye. You get everybody healthy, and then, boom, you win two games and you win the Super Bowl. So, Good. we'll see. Okay, so. I so think let's everybody do it. was nervous that first home game. They got their nerves going. It's going to be a good season. Yeah. We're going to be good. We're going to be straight. We're going to be straight. So, look, let's do this. Let's take a quick break. We're going to come back, and we're going to jump into – um, Nate, do you have any NFL news or you want to bypass NFL news tonight? 
No, we're going straight to NBA, man. The NBA season about to start, so we about to do something. A few little nuggets on that, and then, yeah. All right, we're going to do that. We'll come back. We'll do uh, NBA, uh, do a little Pels, and then, um, <clears throat> excuse me, then we'll um, we'll talk our NFL picks. We're not going to pick every game this week. We're gonna just, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick the, the most important games to pick this week. And um, get out of here tonight. So, Y'all stay tuned. You're listening to WTXG Talk Radio. It's Overtime Sports Talk. We'll be right back. Barkeep, Bud Lights for everyone. Actually, um, I prefer a nice mead. Or keep Bud Lights for everyone and a mead. Is it autumnal? Bud Lights for everyone and one autumnal mead. Is it malty and full-bodied? Because I like it more. Cancel that mead. Bud Light for the many, not the few. DirecTV Now gives you more for your thing. Get all the good stuff about TV without all the bad stuff. Yes. You can still stream your favorite shows with no annual contract. Wait, what? It's live TV with no satellites and no bulky hardware. No bulky hardware. Isn't that great news? Yes. No. 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 Try DirecTV now for $10 a month for three months. More for your thing. That's our thing. Visit DirecTVNow.com. And we are back live right here with our sports talk, WTXD Talk Radio. We're gonna jump into this NBA news. This NBA, Cece, I know she she's the resident Pelicans expert. So we're gonna jump on, on <laughs> some NFL news. But before we jump into that, me and Nate were talking a little bit earlier about this uh, Jimmy Jimmy Butler dude. <laughs> that dude crazy. Did y'all see the interview? Yeah. That dude crazy. Yeah, Something wrong with that, that dude. dude crazy. It's crazy. I mean, <laughs> you know, uh, you know you, obviously, it's just crazy, man. Like, how do you go to how do how you demand the trade three weeks ago? Then you go to training camp, and you practicing with the team on the court, and you talking smack to Carl Anthony Towns, um, saying you know y'all can't y'all need me, y'all ain't shit without me, um, y'all can't guard me, man. This dude wilding. Well, I know, man. He's gonna play around and get the Phoenix. Keep talking. Well, to me, to me personally, he ain't even. He not all that to me, and that's just my he's personal not. opinion. I, I, I don't think he that close to me. Like, I just feel like he's just an average player. And the thing is, it's like the thing about him. Like he said in the interview, oh, I wanna, you know, I wanna, I'm the, I, I, I pride myself on being a competitor, and I wanna win, and I wanna win, and I wanna win. But at the same time, bro, you're trying to you're trying to go you're trying to get traded to Miami. To, what you think you're gonna go do in Miami? You think you're gonna win? Win with Boston? You no, he think he's gonna get Gabriel Union to be with. Don't shut that down. <laughs> yeah. So that's what it is. is. Trying to get are you Gabriel. are you trying to win? Are you trying to win? Or are you just trying to get money? You know what I'm saying? Because you're not trying to win. You're just trying to make money. 
Nowadays, nowadays in the league, everybody everybody is all about getting money. So if they're going to try to go to go somewhere with it a contender and get that little that. extra money that, that they can use. I wouldn't say that because I wouldn't say everybody's about money because as we know, as we know, Cousins declined forty million dollar deal to go to the Warriors. Five million. Well, You're right. I'm, I'm saying though, yes, they gave him a yeah, forty million ring. dollar deal. That's what I'm saying. So he's Just going out there to try to get a chance. They chasing mm. the rings. You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, though, listen. And a lot of people will always have this argument. At the end of the day, you cannot argue that. Reason being is this. It's kind of like this, all right? All right. If KD did, and I know Big T, on Big T's, uh, what you call it, he's sensitive to this subject, but if KD did <laughs> lose the Thunder, I know, I know the whole thing of him not, you know, they could have beat Golden State the next year, blah, blah, blah. You're joining a team that you just could have beat, blah, whatever the case may be. But at the end of the day, if KD didn't make that decision, he would not have two rings right now. Number one. Number two, it's kind of like Charles Barkley. Everybody listens to Charles Barkley on TNT and, and whenever the games come on, the free game shows and all of this. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, when you always think of Charles Barkley, you think, oh, he's a funny dude or he's retarded, but he still doesn't have a ring. He never got right. a ring. Mm-hmm. And that's, and that's kind of the same That's crazy. You. And that's crazy that you could be loyal to a team and never get a ring. That's all it was with Charles Barkley. He was loyal. I look at everybody who mostly didn't get a ring back in that era. It's because they were mostly loyal. If he would have left and probably joined the Lakers or joined the Bulls or joined Boston or the Knicks, he probably would have got a ring. Mm -hmm. I think so. But he was loyal to Phoenix. And loyal to the Loyalty. Yeah. Yeah, nobody is loyal no more. But no, yeah. not no more. So, so Fifi, tell us what's going on with the with the with your Pelicans right now. They losing in the preseason, Big T. That's what's going <laughs> on. We all had three in the preseason. So last week, um, they played last Friday. They lost to the Knicks. Wasn't a bad loss. Um, um, Miritich had nineteen points, if I'm not mistaken, in that loss. So they're kind of just. Playing each player, just trying to get a feel on who's going to be the starter, who's going to play before they cut the roster down to the 15-man roster. So they're trying to see who's all stepping up to the play. Um, and they're actually playing right now. They're losing by 20 to Miami. I'm up to scratch my head really hard because I'm trying to figure out how we're losing to Miami. But, yeah, they're losing the third quarter right now, 10 minutes, 19 seconds up there, losing 63-83. to 83. Their last preseason game is tomorrow. They play Toronto you know they, at home. Um, they're not playing Anthony Davis or Drew Holly tonight either. Yeah. Yeah, I understand that. And that goes back to what we were saying in football. Even though your key players may not be playing, somebody has to step up. And yeah, but it's kind of hard, hard in the NBA. Tonight. It's kind of hard yeah. in the NBA, though. NBA, it's kind of hard because, like, you kind of you kind of juggling it, and it's kind of hard because I mean you got a guy who's a, probably the top two player in the NBA, you know what I'm saying? And you know you're he's scoring what 30 points a game, and you just think somebody's just gonna come in and score 30. It's hard. It, it, football's a little different, you know what I'm saying? Basketball, I mean, 
you know, obviously they have reserves and stuff like that, but you can't you can't you can't depend on somebody to come off the bench and put put up Anthony Davis numbers. You just can't. Like and then obviously it's preseason. It's preseason, you know what I'm saying? It's preseason. It's not like regular season. You know, but I don't know. I think me personally always say preseason is a learning lesson for every team and every sport. It's it's how you figure out what your manpower is, where your weakness is, what your strengths are. So it's for them to figure out um, what everything would be, but they have to figure it out very fast because the Pelicans do not have a week schedule starting off. Like the first 10 games are all top teams that we're playing. So it's like we got OKC, we got Houston, we have the Warriors, we have – I don't, I, no, they don't play Lakers later, but they have top teams that they're playing in the but first the 10 games is, alone. The thing about it, though, CC, is that you know this. They, I mean, yeah, they have preseason and stuff like that, but it's kind of like the Saints. The Saints had preseason, you know what I'm saying? And look at them. They came out this week one, and they, they was trash. I mean, like, they didn't do shit. So it's like, you know, obviously, you know, you're going to sit your main players down, the players that obviously are attracting people to your games and making you guys money and stuff like that. But, listen, the first 10 games is, is going to be a building process for them. That's going to be their preseason. I wouldn't really take the preseason that's going on right now. Um, you know, I would take it with a grain of salt because I'm telling you, you know, you, you – and then also, too, CC, you know this, they've had players the last couple of games out. You know, Julius Randle, yeah. um, Frank Jackson had an injury, an ankle injury. Okafer was um, Okafer is like, you know what I'm saying? So, like, they got players that have been out. So, even if, let's say, two of those players were playing tonight, you know what I'm saying, they still not going to gel because like, the whole mm-hmm. team isn't playing with one. So, they're going to be straight. You know, obviously the first game against Houston um, is going to be tough. That's going to be a tough game. That's, um, you know, last so year tough. they had Cousins. Last year they had cousins, and when I tell you, I went to that game. And they was smashing. They was smashing Houston. They was smashing them. I mean, they 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 switched James Harden on cousins. Like, are y'all retarded? Like, that's how that's how the mismatch was. So, you know, that game's gonna be Only tough. The Warriors game is gonna be tough. Only thing I'm worried about with the first game of the season with them playing Houston next Wednesday, seven o'clock in Houston. I don't know why I thought it was a home game, but the only thing I'm really worried about is Melo. A lot of people aren't talking about Melo this season, like in the pre- in the preseason, nor were they talking about. <laughs> Stop doing Melo that. I, I like Melo. Melo is one of my best friends out here that I usually see. Melo is trash. Because I love Lala. Lala is my best friend, so I be like, Melo is trash. Melo Melo is not. Melo isn't with the Nuggets anymore. Melo has been trash since he left the Nuggets. He wasn't trash with the Knicks. He was trash with the Knicks. Man, Melo be putting up all them damn shots, and that boy be bouncing them holes off the rim. That boy got paid all of that money to do nothing. I could have, I could have fucking shot those shots and took the half of the money that he got. That boy is trash. That boy is oh, trash. Man. That boy I started think, with OKC last year. Well, he started with OKC last year, CC, thinking he was gonna bring something to them, and that boy was bricking the ball in, in the in the playoffs. How the fuck y'all lose to the Jazz in the first round? The Jazz. Hey. Like people was like, oh, hey. oh. When when they get to when they when they play the Warriors in the playoffs, they gonna give them a hit. Man, that boy is trash. That boy is trash. It's a different stage. But you want me to tell you why that boy trash? And this is why he has been trash because he been cheating on his old lady. And that's what happened. Ever since he been cheating on his old lady, that's when God been punishing him, and he ain't been doing shit. 
And that's me. But Lala, she gave him, <laughs> they're happy. That's what she said. Because somebody asked her a question about that, and she was like, I'm with my Lala man. Lala want that money. Lala want that money. She has her own money. Lala has her own money. She has her own money. Lala got money. She got money, but she ain't got no 200 million. <laughs> she got his. She got his. He cheated again. That's all hers, so it don't matter. But yes, indeed. Oh, wow. Next Wednesday. <laughs> Hopefully we get the win out. Hopefully we win tomorrow at home, and hopefully all them them Saints fans that was in the Superdome on Monday come out tomorrow, seven o'clock, last preseason game, and just cheer this squad on and make them feel welcome. Because I always feel like my Pelicans are the the ugliest stepchild that nobody likes to see. That y'all, they everybody just go to the game just because it's something to do. So I want everybody to be in the game tomorrow. I may be in the game. It all depends on if I'm going out or not. You look so, like yeah. you're about to play on the court the way you be talking. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let me tell you, I get these court side seats next Friday. You never know. I might have to, and it's home opening. Girl, I, I always go to home opening. That's a tradition for me. So I get my court side seats. I might have to play the home opener. The Kings. Sacramento. Wow. Tickets gonna be $60. You're gonna be straight. <laughs> 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 that's what's up. Don't that's what's up. That's what's up. Now, Big T, before we get out of here, I got one thing to say. That's it. I ain't gonna say nothing else. No more on this show. I want to give a big shout out to Alvin Kamara wearing that Colin Kaepernick jersey hey, and that hat that hey. he in Africa. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. That, that, hey. that picture made all the racist white people mad. Yeah. So guess they what? They sure did. Fuck y'all. Straight up. And you know what? After after he wore it, I saw it on TV. I wore it. <clears throat> he wore it. The next day, I wore my Ka- Colin Kaepernick jersey. I ain't even care. I'm going to get one. That's how we roll. I'm going to buy one. I got one. I'm, I think I'm everybody aware. was really in their feelings already about Camara, and especially like the white people, they were definitely in their feelings about that. I didn't think that that was like, going to make like a big anymore. deal, but that was just anymore. like, I want you to yeah. make a stand and wear it or hold a jersey up or something, like take a picture with the jersey or something and see how they erupt. Mm-hmm. He 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 kind of he kind of shut the internet down. Under them comments, I was reading everybody's comments underneath all the sports pages that reported it, and you can see the racism is very much still there. Oh yeah, so yep, they didn't is. know that his family was oh, from uh, Liberia, that, so mean, they were just I like, mean, that that he can go back changed. to Africa. That hasn't changed. That hasn't changed, man. I mean, even after the even after this Martin Luther King speech and everything, I mean. It, I mean, it, it still hasn't changed. It's not going to change. People are just stupid. It's never going to change. They look at color. They look at race. Do. They look at stupid yeah. stuff. It's dumb. You don't All they're going to do is just, it, it, it never changes. I just was talking to uh, one of my coworkers about that. Racism would never change. They're just going to kind of keep covering it up. And the more that they mm-hmm. keep covering it up, it's going to keep resurfacing because it's always going to be somebody. And racism is something yeah. that's taught. It's not something that everybody is born with. It's something that they're taught. That and they're correct. teaching their children their hatred. So it's going to keep yep. growing from generation to generation, and it's never going to stop. Never. Nope. Will nope. they have a nope. day where they can say, oh, my God, racism is dead? No. Soon they say that, you're racist. Nope. <laughs> yep. But so, yeah, shout out to Alvin Kamara for that, for sure. <clears throat> definitely, definitely, that's definitely. It. So, that's all I want to say, JT. <laughs> <laughs> so let's see. I'm, I'm, I'm going to pick six of the top games for the, this week that we're going to pick. And, um, 
we so we can get out of here. All right, let's go with the first game, Thursday night game, Eagles and Giants. Eagles. I'm going to go Giants. I'm thinking the Giants might pull out a win. All right, I'm going to go Eagles. I'm going to take Eagles. The Giants have been kind of – they almost won that game against Carolina and to be able to keep that 63-yard field goal. But I'm going to go Eagles. I'm going to go Eagles. All right, we got uh, the Panthers at the Redskins. I'm going to go Panthers. I want the Redskins to win so bad. <laughs> yeah, me too. I don't know, but after, after the Saints lighting their ass up, I think the Panthers are going to kill them. I think so, too. I think the Panthers will win that one, too. All right, I'm yep. doing this game for, I'm doing this game just for CC. Uh, Seattle at the Raiders. Of course Seattle is going to win. What do you mean? Yeah, Seattle. I'm starting Doug Baldwin yeah. this week on my fantasy team. All right, this this would be a good game. Definitely. Um, the Steelers at the Bengals. I'm Ooh, going that's Cincinnati. Gonna be a good one. Yeah, I'm gonna go Cincinnati too. Yeah, I'm gonna go Cincinnati on that one too. Um, the Sunday Steelers night game is crazy, bro. Yeah, that could be a crazy. I'm, I'm gonna pull that one. Um, let's see, the Rams at the Broncos. Rams. 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 Okay. And then we got the Sunday night game, the Chiefs at the Patriots. Definitely going oh, Chiefs. That's going to be a good ass game. I'm taking the Chiefs. I'm going to go Patriots. I think Chiefs can take first L this week. Yep. Okay. Because y'all got to think, number one, Belichick ain't going to let that boy scramble. He's going to put a spy on him. Number two, right. they're going to take away. They're going to take away. Belichick is a genius. They're going to take away they, they you know, Tyreek Hill. And they gonna they gonna make them throw the ball to uh, Kelsey and um and uh what's his name Sammy Watkins. So he's gonna put this pressure on his on his rookie and make him. Yeah, I mean they're gonna they're gonna give him coverages and all kinds of stuff that he ain't never seen. I'm telling you, like you cannot downplay what Belichick can do. So I'm telling you, I don't be surprised if New England (laughs) win that game. But I I think I think the Chiefs are gonna win. But don't be surprised if New England win that game. I'm telling you now. Especially they're playing at home too, so don't be surprised. Oh, okay, that's what's up. That's what's up. So those are our picks for the week. Next week we'll get back to our regular schedule programming and, and picking all the games. Uh, great show tonight, Next guys. Wednesday. Next Wednesday Next we'll be Wednesday, back live the, again. The Pelicans and the Pelicans will be playing next Wednesday. Yeah, we will be updating the Pelicans game season <laughs> opener for the Pels against the Houston Rockets on next week. So y'all stay tuned for that. Uh, any last words, guys? What y'all got before we get out of here? Congratulations. Thank God for the bye week. Put the city on your shoulders. <laughs> Thank God for the bye Thank week. Thank God for the bye week. <laughs> definitely, definitely, definitely. So, with that being said, thank y'all for listening to Overtime Sports Talk right here on WTXD Radio. Um, y'all be good, and we'll see y'all next Wednesday. And we out. I'ma bring it home when it's over with I'ma be the king of the throne Now who can stop me? I'm in the zone Competition's none in a league of my own All about the W I'ma bring it home when it's over with I'ma be the king of the throne I'm in the zone I'm in the zone The competition whack Tell them let's get it on My hustle 
gang crazy and I'ma finish strong. You threw up so many bricks, you probably could build a home. Build a home. I done came a long way, this is what the grind make. Everybody want the shine, don't know what the shine takes. Nah, you mad that I'm playing? Call it sideline hate. It ain't over till it's over, buzzer be the mind state. If I ain't in this song, then what you call this? They ask me how I do it, tell them all risk. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.